Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Fantasy Sports Today is on the air here on SportsGrid. Welcome to another show from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We are back here with the latest in fantasy news, betting news, and anything that's going on in our wacky world of the world and sports. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, you know him. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Make sure you give us a follow at SportsGrid, at SportsGrid, because all of the videos that we do and all of the programming that we have gets posted to that. So if you miss any of our shows, why would you? If you do, very easy. Just go on over to SportsGrid, also SportsGrid.com. We're live streaming our shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, Joe, a happy day to you. Hope your week is going well. We've hit the uh, hump day version of the show. We're getting closer to the stretch toward the weekend. Yes, absolutely. In the wide world of whatever's going on. That's what we are here. Do you remember that? Do you remember the big wide world of sports thing, the agony of defeat I and that whole thing? That was yeah. a hell of an opening, man. That was for it its was. time. That was one of those things in sports where I remember my grandfather would be sitting in the sitting in his living room smoking a Winston 100 and watching wide world of sports and uh, like yelling at the boxing or something like that or whatever was on that day, the crazy things that they put on there. But that was it. Like there was no ESPN. In the early 80s, there was wide world of sports on the weekend. He even watched the bowlers. And I remember some Saturday afternoons, I would like hang out there and like sit and watch the bowlers with him. But that was another one where I was like, I can't believe he's watching bowling. But I guess when you're hard up for sports and it's only like 10 channels, you take what you can get. And all of those years, and we're right back here again. <laughs> he is an excellent point. My Jim, Jim McKay is no longer here, but we are yes. back here. Can we can we get bowling on TV? Is that a safe sport? I mean, you can socially it's, distance across I the lanes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wear gloves. You got to clean yeah. the ball off every time. Well, not if it's your ball. That's right. If it's your ball, just don't let anyone else touch your ball. Otherwise, That's you got to clean. There you go. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Let's get bowling back. Can we get some FanDuel wagering on the bowling? Pete, Pete Weber? You ever heard of Pete Weber? Oh, yeah. PDW, right? Because <laughs> he did the little RVD uh, wrestling guy thing. He used to do that little move there. He was a character. See, if you're a character, America will embrace you. If you're a character and a winner, they'll love you forever. I got to keep notes on these things. You got to so keep notes. Know in the future. It's yeah, very important. Keep well, track as, as we Drop a knowledge. Pick it up. So uh, we're getting closer, it looks like, to the uh, the NBA, and uh, that's, that's a good sign that potentially we could have some NBA in June or maybe even July. Uh, today, Shams Charnia reported, actually it was yesterday, Shams Charnia reported that it looks like Orlando is the possible spot 
to essentially have the uh, have the NBA all set up. Now, look, we had heard the Bahamas, which made some sense, too, because they have had very few cases there, and you're essentially quarantined anywhere. In fact, they've played basketball in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. College basketball plays or has played a tournament there every single year. They play at Atlantis, the battle for Atlantis. And good teams play there, too. So they could have set up shop there, but it looks like, according to Shams, that there is a possibility that the NBA resumes in one spot and I guess the question is, are they resuming to play a full season or just playoffs? Because if it's one spot, it would seem to me that playoffs would make more sense. But yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, also, wouldn't playoffs make more sense to also just having less teams, less people, right? I think that's that would probably be the best thing to do. Just start a playoff run. I think that would be good enough. I understand some teams would miss out. But you know what? You had a good chunk of the season to make your case already. And if you didn't make your case for the playoffs, then... You know, like we talked about on the show a few times, there's been a few eight seed upsets, but not many. Um, if the NBA does come back and MLB does not, how does that reflect on MLB? Or is there a world where that happens? I mean, is that is that a possibility? Yeah, that I we mean, I'm, not, NBA, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit of an apples and oranges uh, conversation, to be honest with you. The baseball season never started. The NBA season was 70 percent over. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, had the baseball season started up and they played April, May and June and then had to stop in July and had to stop in August and had to stop in September. My guess is they would have come back and just tried to play the postseason. And I think that's the way that the NBA is going about it. So, um, I mean, I guess there will be some perception that that MLB was different. But to me, it's a completely different conversation because they never got a season going at all. They never Mm -hmm. even started. It's hard enough for them to try and figure out how to play 80 games. So. Um, I, I don't see it as the same. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying anyone should see it the same. I'm just curious if there's a world where NBA comes back for something. And then if that puts potentially a little bit more pressure on the baseball player or maybe steals them a little bit of leverage in that case. And yeah, I, I understand it is apples and oranges to, in terms of when the season started. But at the same time, it's, hey, if they're in a controlled environment and playing, how does baseball justify not trying at least to get something started, or at least something on the calendar to get started. But again, yeah, I, again, I, I don't see, I don't see any of it in the same way. Um, listen, the NBA, they got 12 guys on a team. Baseball, you got 25 and another 20. They're going to have to be on a reserve list. Mm-hmm. There's nine guys playing at once every single game. Um, look, there, there's going to be superior challenges in the NBA as well, and I'm not downplaying it, but I just don't see it being the same at all i, I just mm. it, it well, would basketball be much is much easier. more physically contacting though when you think about it i mean absolutely the, absolutely the touching of basketball players and the sweating and everybody on top of each other is very Ab- way more absolutely. there's way more distance in in terms of even between the positions uh, of baseball players so i'm you know like i just think absolutely. it's an interesting discussion i don't think there's a i don't have a point of view i'm just curious if you did because it feels like Again, we keep inching slowly, and I know the NFL, God knows the NFL has plans. They'll go play on the planet Mars if they have to, for God's sakes. They'll get on the Elon Musk shuttle and get out yeah, there. Well, that's going to happen, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and there were reports yesterday, too, uh, from where I was here, uh, from the University of Miami, essentially the president of the University of Miami, saying that he doubts that any fans will be able to go to college football games this year, too. So there's going to have to be some sort of discussion, and that's going to be that's going to be tough because a lot of the revenue does come from the fans. Yeah. It is a fan sport. It is a school sport. And so we'll certainly have to see. But uh, look, I give uh, credit at this point to no one because until it actually happens, I'm not going to sit here and believe it anymore. I was fooled for the last month into thinking 
and really saying here on the show that I guaranteed that baseball was going to be back. They wouldn't go through all this to not have baseball be back. But I got to tell you, every day we we change opinions on this. There are reports uh, now of kids having issues with as a direct result of the virus, too. So you know what? I'm at the point now where we'll just let this thing play out, and I will not hold a grudge against any league, any team, any player that decides that they're not going to play. Um, I'll probably stick by my statement that the NFL will play no matter what, just because they have the time, too, to get this started. Like this, If the NFL season was in July, I would say that there is some jeopardy here, but they are so far out and could do so much preparation. Literally, baseball is having to figure this out while their season's being canceled. NBA, in the middle of the season. NHL, mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. I mean, if you're the NFL, you got five months. Well, it's also only out. 16 games. It's one game a week as opposed to baseball, which is six. It's, it's just so much easier for them to <laughs> it do is. it. And, it is. And, the, NFL, uh, the NFL has a much easier road because, like you said, what's once a week, you have X number of games already. It's it's a very different animal and more time to prepare. Now, like it's not that much time because they do start up in August. But at the same time, it's more than Major League Baseball has had. So it's definitely well, the other a daily thing too is that I'll, I'll maintain this. Had this happened in September, October, the NFL would have been shut down for the season. It would have been the same exact thing. I wouldn't have been any different. We were freaking out in this country with mm-hmm. the seriousness of it with Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks. I'll never forget that night. The NFL would have not just picked right back up a month later. They would have had a serious issue. They just got lucky that it didn't happen and all of this didn't start when basically the president of the United States said we had to shut down our country for a month. If had that happened, there would have been no NFL games at all and their season would have been in big trouble too. Now, would they have decided, hey, let's start in January and end in April? Of course, all of those things are certainly on the table. Uh, but the NFL lucked out on this one. They they got in themselves in a position where it happened almost right after the Super Bowl. Their season was done. Their season was complete. Right. Every other sport and basically every other event had to suffer for it. And and uh, they it's just right place, right time, I guess, for them. Yeah, agreed. Uh, look, that's, uh, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for football. My baseball hopes, I think, are... Coin flip at best right now is where I'm at with baseball. But uh, a week yeah. ago, I was more at 85, 90%. Now I'm, still I'm back. On the, I'm still on the a higher percent, but I'm I'm certainly I'm not at 80%. Like yeah. Oh, a two a week or so ago with... when the proposal got sent over, I was like, hey, we're making progress. They're they're going. We had a lot of positive news, a lot of positive things, and then it's just sort of it feels like it's dying on the vine. The longer it longer it, it takes, be. it could be. I know? I changed my opinion last week. Not with the labor bickering, because at least from the people that I'm still even talking, I've talked to even in the last day or two, it is really at this point not about that. It was a very shocking and um, and demanding note that came out essentially from the CDC to how baseball could play their games. And mm-hmm. the word that I got was just very over- overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Like, it, can we actually do this? You know, can we play like this. And they're doing it in Korea. They're also doing it in a time in Korea where it had passed for a month. Mm-hmm. So maybe a month from now, things will be different. But I'm in, in that boat with you where I'm not certainly as optimistic as I as I was before. Um, condolences to the family of this uh, uh, poor uh, WWE wrestler who passed away, Joe. I don't know a lot about him. Uh, but I know that a uh, very sad story, and hate to even do it on the show, but we give you the news, so we got to tell you what's going on. 
Uh, but boy, this one really hit me here to hear that he was uh, swimming and was brought out to sea and his son um, ended up surviving, which is certainly good news. But man, I, that kind of hit me today to see that. Yeah, it was a terrible accident. Uh, Shad Gaspar was part of the tag team crime time in the 2000s. And, you know, this was a guy who was part of the company for a few years. They had a very, uh, very good run there for a bit. And it's, uh, like you said, a tragedy for sure. Uh, the, the son survived, but he did not. They called off the search about a day ago, and then they actually found the body, I believe, yesterday morning. Yeah. So uh, that was not great. And and on top of it, too, I know we didn't even get to it on yesterday's show, but Starling Marte lost his wife uh, in a, to a heart attack, too. Support, so it's been a yeah. very difficult week, a very unexpected. I know on uh, Diamond Bets, uh, we did a little tribute there to the Marte family because, I mean, it's these are very difficult times. And I think whenever you lose somebody and you can't mourn, and you can't have memorials and you can't have those moments where everybody kind of gets together. It's very isolating, I imagine. And, and it's just um, I know some people personally who have lost some parents over the last couple of months and some other issues. And their biggest you know, difficulty is is not so much even the loss so much as the ability to grieve with people, you know, and you're kind of isolated and you're kind of alone about that. So it, it, these are very difficult times for everybody. And that's why there's a part of me that hopes that not only are, are we getting to better days, but also we're starting to get to a little bit of normalcy because as human beings, I think we need that. So obviously our thoughts and prayers and our condolences go out to both the uh, the Gaspar family and the Marte family as well. These are very, very difficult times for them. Yep, no doubt about that. And uh, for sure, it's tough for everybody, but tougher for people that are suffering serious loss. No question about that. All right. Coming up next, we will get to some brighter topics, which would include this day in fantasy sports history and our fantasy sports birthdays. Also coming up a little bit later, the FanDuel Sportsbook put out some really interesting odds for a couple of the New York teams, the Jets and the Giants. And I, I kind of found them fascinating. Try to predict when they will get their first win. You can actually bet these now at FanDuel. Pretty cool. So we'll touch on that coming up a little bit later in the show. But up next, it's Fantasy Sports Birthdays. We'll be right back. After. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig and Joe. Back with you for another edition of our show, which means it's Fantasy Sports Today. 
And it also means it's time for a little This Day in Fantasy Sports and also our Fantasy Sports birthdays. Uh, my birthday is in April, Joe. So we actually had my uh, This Day in Fantasy Sports. We did that back uh, about a month ago. What, what is your birthday? I don't know. Uh, it is September 26th, actually. Okay. So anybody who wants an to keep an eye, hopefully we'll uh, we'll still be here together doing the show. I remember that last year. I do. I think I think I remember. Yeah, that. we were working together during my birthday yes. last year. That is yes. that is true. I'm sorry I missed yours. Uh, you are okay. working with a different Joe, not a lesser Joe, just a different one. That's for sure. And uh, I'm sorry I missed your birthday. Did you wear a hat or something for the show? Do you have like one of the little no, we, party we, hats? We really, we really didn't do much uh, special here. It no mishabrations. Or cele- no, celebrations just, of Mish, no? Finished, uh, the birthday in quarantine. Like the way the way that I described it was, it's really, look, my family does a great job doing things um, for for me, but the one problem with my birthday is out of the last ten years, and then maybe like seven out of the ten years before that, my birthday always seems to fall, seems to fall on Passover. And in the Jewish uh, religion, tradition is clearly you do not eat bread or anything that has to do with bread during that time. So it always seems to be some pseudo birthday for me where it's like a matzah cake or it's just a it's just a big bummer every year that that happens. So and and we tend to keep it because we have kids and we want to show them tradition, too. So my birthday is always a little bit overrated. A matzah cake? Yeah, my wife can cook up anything. She'll cook That's, up something. I do love a good matzo ball. Don't get me wrong. That is that is a go-to. That matzo is the ball super soup. choice. Yeah. That is a super that is a super choice for Joe Pizzapia if you get good matzo ball soup. There is a diner by me that does it. I I'm sorry though. That that is kind of a bummer. It's like those people who are born at Christmas and get the the slash gift. That's the worst. I feel bad for those people too. That's, yeah, I'm, that's I'm trying to think what you could equate it to. Um, I'm well, not... I mean, I guess it could be worse. It could be on. Yom like, Kippur. isn't there a day where you have to give up something for Lent every year? Uh, you, well, they say every Friday you're not supposed to eat meat. Uh, on Lent, you for 40 days you're supposed to give up things. So if you gave up sweets, I guess you couldn't have cake. But there's not just like one day where you got to give. Ah, uh, there used there, there used to be like, like fasting days. I think before Easter, I could be wrong. I'm well, a imagine it on that anyway. day. Imagine having well, your birthday. Here's a that. big question: Did you did you blow out a candle? Or is blowing out candles now not a thing? Can uh, we not we blow out candles blow, anymore? We, I think we did blow out candles, yeah. It is kind of funny to think about that that was a tradition, right? Here you go, everybody. Now make a wish and infect everybody yeah, that'll, with that'll your germs. <laughs> Will back. it? Or do we finally Let's, sit back and realize that's kind of a weird thing when we think about it? Listen, what will happen first? We'll blow out the candles or the Jets will win the Super Bowl? Which Ugh, candles. <laughs> Zero hesitation on that. Zero. All right. Let's cut to the day. All right. This day in fantasy sports for May the 21st, 2020. We rewind back to 1969. All the best players eventually, you know, they they, they start to go downhill. And that's not to say that Hank Aaron was downhill in 1969. Remember, Hank Aaron kept playing until 1975, I want to say. It was 75 or even 76, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, he kept playing for a while. uh, But in 1969, first time he was removed for a pinch hitter. And I guess what's the equivalent of that happening now? Like, I I guess guess Albert Pujols? Pujols, Something like that. Yeah, it's got to be a guy in the waning years, right? Um, But yeah, those are two guys that certainly come to mind. That's that level. I think when you look at the careers of uh, Henry Aaron, Pujols, Cabrera, those kind of guys, there's some phenomenal seasons. But Henry Aaron, uh, you know, the greatest accomplishment of him was the consistency of very good. He might not have had all-world seasons like some of these guys that can have, well, I got a 60-home run season and I got a 160-RBI season. 
but he was just 35, 125 so many times and a, and a 40, 130 and things like that. And just so many times over and over again. And it was tough too, because he did play in a time, you know, in those fifties into the sixties where there were some other great players like Willie Mays and some people who had a lot more flash than Henry Aaron. Sure. And Henry Aaron was more just kind of get up and go to work kind of guy. He was more just a soft-spoken fellow, but uh, seems like the loveliest gentleman. I don't know if you ever got to uh, interview him, but he, he is just seemed one like I a have not. Fellow. He is he is one I have not. Well, let's get him on the show, Brett. Let's get him on the there, show. He has eluded me, through, not not purposely. Well, maybe purposely, but he has eluded me through the years. I have <laughs> at least not throw that down with Hank Aaron. I've been <laughs> like in the same look. building. Oh yeah. I've been in the same room. Mm-hmm. But I've never met the man, shook his hand, and interviewed him. I've not done that. Seems like a first-class fella for everything I see. Just uh, and, and and I don't know that you could get that from just one interview with someone, but I have heard the same things as you. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen him enough in these interviews, or you you've listened to him and you just kind of feel like, I don't know, like it's a guy that just. It was very difficult, I think, to do the things that he did in the era he did them in. And uh, I don't think there's enough appreciation for Henry Aaron. And it's nice that we're talking about him here today. And it's 2020. And we'll have a little Hank Aaron conversation. I think good. that's good. We got to keep his uh, keep his career uh, at the uh, forefront a little bit more. Willie Mays, very cool. But you got to warm up to Willie Mays a little bit. Gotta mm-hmm. wait. You, you, you don't get to say hello to Willie Mays. And then immediately it starts good. Doesn't start like that ever. No, I can imagine. Starts with Willie Mays. He goes, whoa, whoa, what's this about? Whoa, whoa. Oh, every time. Who's Every- this little guy? Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you with the microphone? What are we doing here? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and then, and then it, it warms up. But every time, it's like the shock and all. Whoa, 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 wait a second here. Every time. He's like 1979. Hey, right. Montreal Canadiens beat the uh, Rangers to win the Stanley Cup. This is a run of four for the Canadiens, and uh, certainly one of the most popular teams in the history of the NHL, and one of the best teams in the history of the NHL as well. 1998 Sacramento Kings. Yeah, on May 21st. So, I mean, this is during the NBA playoffs. I'm guessing Sacramento and Washington both didn't make it. I don't remember this, but for it to happen in the middle of the playoffs tells you something, Joe. I don't recall trades happening during the playoffs, but essentially this had to be, right? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's May. It had to be, I guess. Oh, wait, Mitch no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe not, because didn't we just have this discussion? Was this the lockout or no? It was 98. No, it was 98, so it had to be, Yeah. How do we during the playoffs, if that's the case? Because the lockout was in the 98-99 season, right? Make tra- Maybe it was yeah. announced, but not. I, I, I don't know this. I don't know yeah. the scenario, but I, I saw the trade, and then I thought to myself, huh, like that definitely means Sacramento and Washington didn't mo- both make the playoffs. Then I thought to myself, <laughs> wait a second, you're allowed to make trades during the playoffs? But I guess so. Either way, ironically, Sacramento trades Mitch Richmond uh, and Otis Thorpe to Washington in exchange for Chris Weber. And um, this was a unfortunate for me for Chris Webber because, again, uh, if you missed one of our shows on demand, we actually did the future Hall of Famers. I believe Chris Webber is one of them. I believe Chris Webber will get in the Hall of Fame next year, but he should be in the Hall of Fame already, and he's not. And I think the reason why is, and look, this is just certainly my opinion, is it is harder to get in the Hall of Fame if you have no long-term affiliation with one organization because you don't get that same fan support. You don't get that internet support, which always which now seems to be a really big thing as well. He played with the Kings, he played with the Warriors, he played with the Bullets, and he may have played with somebody else, Brett, you'll have to tell me. But either way, Chris Webber, had he played with one of those teams, I, I think he would have been in already. Now, he will get in, but it's taken him some time. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely difficult. Plus, you know, let's be honest. I mean, Sacramento... 
the Washington Bullets. I mean, Sacramento had some good years with him, but I wouldn't call that a, a franchise with an enormous fan base. It wasn't like he played for the Celtics or the Lakers or those kind of teams. So uh, I think they certainly won this trade, though, the Sacramento Kings, bringing in Chris Webber. They became oh, very sure. relevant then. Yeah. And uh, Mitch Renton was a hell of a player in his really day. Player uh, Otis Thorpe had some moments as well. but yeah, This is the end of Thorpe, I think. Yeah, this was, I think, the end of Thorpe. But Chris Webber was definitely the best player in this deal. And I guess you could say the rest is history, too, because... Washington Bullets, now the Wizards, certainly um, yep. did, you know, not a lot of great runs in Bullets history. And also, think of it now, like, imagine calling a team the Bullets. Twitter police. That. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, it's the uh, it's the Arlington hand grenades are going to go out there and take <laughs> the field. No, not happening. The pocket knives. The pocket knives. The pocket knives. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Trout in 2013 was the youngest player ever to hit for the cycle at the age of 21. It's the conversation and the story that just keeps on giving. The most underappreciated player maybe in baseball history. We're watching Mickey Mantle of our time. Nobody really cares. Well, I, I, think, really cares. I think there's an enormous baseball East Coast bias. I, I'm, I will even say that I'm part of it. And I think it's a shame, but I think it's a true thing. And it's unfortunate because I think the fact that he plays out on the West Coast most of his games, then a lot of even people on the East Coast with don't the Dodgers. Uh, even if he was with the Dodgers, because even the maybe a little bit more so if he was with the Dodgers, so, it'd be better. If he was with the Dodgers, it might be because that is such a storied franchise. But even Cody Bellinger doesn't get enough credit for how I think good Cody he's. Bellinger does get good runs. You think so? I was going to say Cody Bellinger probably gets more run than Trout. Oh, yeah. Cody Bellinger had a pretty great year last year. But he did, but Trout's won like seven MVPs. You're, you're absolutely – oh, well, of course. You can't compare the two guys right now, at least not yet. But Mike Trout, I would say that part of the reason he doesn't get the play, if he played on the East Coast, if he played – or with a disagree. bigger organization like the Dodgers that don't, you know, the Angels live in the shadow of, of the Dodgers, I let's think, be honest. I think it's more of the Angels than it is the I think West it's a combination, personally. I really do. I mean, it's, I'm trying Griffey to think of. Junior in Seattle, Ichiro in Seattle, A-Rod in Seattle. I don't know. I, I knew who all those guys were. Griffey was transcendent. And you know what else hurts? Trout, Trout should be. Hold on, but what hurts Trout, too, is you just said Griffey, Ichiro. Those guys played in a lot of playoff games. How many playoff games yeah, has Trout no, that's played? That's true. Trout has never been in the – or maybe if he had, it's been a game or two. But, yeah, no, that's, that's fair. He got one? Fair. Have they even won a wild card? I don't think you – know, you may be right. I don't, know I don't think he's ever played in a postseason. Maybe that's what he needs. So he needs. if he gets to the postseason and the Angels get that moment again, maybe that spins and changes. So I think there's a yeah. – so we just rattle off three legitimate factors of why that could be an issue. And none of them are good reasons, but I think they're all legitimate reasons. And it sucks because Mike Trout – is amazing and again one of those likable guys in the game too he's a jersey boy you gotta love that uh he's also a guy who played three sports which i keep trying to always point to when i bring up mike trout because I, how could the best player in baseball not have been a highly specialized athlete who only did one thing all day long 12 right. months out of the year oh my gosh the sky is falling it's crazy the guy played three Our, sports in high school and yeah. look at him he is the best baseball player on the planet this day in fantasy sports birthdays for May 21st, 2020, we go to 1960 for Kent Herbeck, great Minnesota Twins player for a long time. Dorsey Levins, a very underrated player with the Green Bay Packers especially, playing with those uh, Brett Favre teams, used to be mm. phenomenal out of the backfield. You would just dump it off to yep. him and this guy would run for 50 yards. Uh, Ricky Williams. Had a very bizarre NFL career, to say the least, but it was a solid one with Miami and not so much anywhere else. 
Speaking of strange, Josh Hamilton's baseball career could be defined as that and pretty tragic with the way that uh, things are going down right now with him mm -hmm. being accused of some pretty nasty things. And then Andrew Miller, born in 1985, who had his career resurrected and one of the first to have their careers resurrected yeah. going from starter to bullpen. And I think that that happened with Eckersley. It happened with Smoltz. And Andrew Miller goes in that category, yeah. too. Completely failed starter who was an ace out of the bullpen. Yeah, it's funny, too. A lot of comebacks in this group. Ricky Williams, Hamilton, Miller, all guys that at one point in time were away from their sports and all at one point came back and found greater success. But all of them kind of enigmatic figures, to say the least. Yep, for sure. All right, we'll take a quick time out here on the show. We're going to have a season in review in the NFL coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today. This is Sports Grid. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you as we got you Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And coming up this weekend, Joe is going to dive a little bit deeper into the fantasy and betting baseball pool. Joe, what's on tap this weekend for your Diamond Bet show? Oh, a very exciting Diamond Bets. We are going to be slicing and dicing. I think we've got the sound effect of the chop going on every time of all of the MLB props. So we started digging back into those. Very, oh, we're doing all that. We're starting with the uh, NL East team. So the Yankees and the Rays, the Red Sox, the Orioles, and also, of course, the Toronto Blue Jays. We're going to be going through them, uh, redoing the whole previews that we did back in February and March because things are very different now. If there is a, a shortened season, some of the perspective on some of these teams, some of the players who might make an impact, some players that maybe we were more worried about for 162 games, well, that might change a little bit. If there's 81 games, that changes things possibly in a greater light, both positively and negatively for certain organizations. So there's a lot more to get through. And basically, we do have to redo everything because it's a different universe. And starting to talk about some of those individual player props and some of those individual uh, props as well for some teams. So uh, over-unders, we got them all for you. Go check out Diamond Bets on Sunday. Check your local listings. I always wanted to say that. I've never said that before. There you go. You got it in. Check them. Check your local listings. How about that? Did you ever have a TV guide? Like the oh, my dad guide. had a TV guide. And my dad, every Saturday, would do the TV guide crossword puzzle. He would have his cereal on Saturday morning after a long week of work. 
and he would go and he would do the TV cry TV guy crossword puzzles. Did you have the TV guide in your house? Because we definitely I did. did. Yeah. That was a thing, man. You read about oh, oh, the full preview issue. Oh, look at this. You, you know what? Recently, my dad uh, resubscribed to it because uh, it's I don't still remember. around. It was, it was so cheap. It was like a dollar or something crazy. But he, I don't know why he he subscribed to it because I think that he was uh, wanted to see all of like the because I showed him how to use the Amazon Fire Stick. Uh-huh. So like some of the things they don't have guides, I guess. And right, I, okay. I don't, I don't. Yeah. So he just wanted to see like what was going on at different times. I'm like, you know, Dad, you could just Google that and it's like, yeah, we'll show it's you. It's the internet now. He's like, no, 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 I'll I'll get the guide. I'm like, you know, it, it sounds like he was bored. In, in this country, every remote control, once you got remote controls, had a TV guide underneath it. That's that's how you watch TV. TV guide, boom. Remote control, boom. And then beverage in the hand. That's that's that was TV watching in the eighties. And and this season that we're looking at is actually not nearly that far back in the past. It's only five years ago. It is the 2015 NFL season, and it's amazing to think about because Craig, it's not that long ago, but oh, what a difference five years makes in the NFL. Oh, it's NFL truly, five years a lifetime. It is a lifetime. And let's start off with the MVP of that year is Cam Newton. So just five years ago, Cam Newton is MVP of the league, having an incredible season. Uh, the Panthers are 15-1. and one. They can do no they wrong, of course. And one? Wow. They were 15-1 that year until they got – Yep, 15-1 until they got to the Super Bowl, and they lost. And they lost to the Denver Broncos, of course, and Peyton Manning. And now Cam Newton, five years later, doesn't have a job. How in the world do we go from a guy in his – not even his prime. He was still very young at the time. Five years later, MVP isn't even a backup anywhere. I, I know we keep saying this, but we keep having to do it. As of 521, he doesn't have a gig in the NFL. That is stunning five years later. Yeah. Um, you know, part of being someone who, in addition to getting it done with your arm, gets it done with your legs, is that once that starts to go, mm-hmm. then you get a little bit overexposed. And I think that kind of happened to Cam Newton a little bit last year. And just the fact that we were having discussions about maybe don't go back to Cam Newton and keep Kyle Allen in there tells you how poor uh, Cam Newton looked. Um, I I think he'll be back. I think that he'll have success. And it may not be this year. It may have to be in two years. But like Andrew Luck, I do think uh, Cam Newton will be back and he will be successful. And by the way, like I said, I do think Andrew Luck will come back too. Really? See, that one I'm I'm more skeptical about. How much uh, do you think it impacts the... Cam Newton, extracurricular shenanigans, the press conferences, the fashion things, the Nothing. stories in the Nothing. locker room that guys don't like him because he's not paying enough attention in None. certain things. None? Okay. Because I, I, I don't know if that trickles down or not. But uh, the one thing I do know about 2015 is also this is the season of the Oakland Raiders, the St. Louis Rams, and the San Diego Chargers announced their intentions to relocate back to Los Angeles, right? So everybody was fighting. And now the Oakland Raiders are – not in LA, they are in Las Vegas. So the Rams and Chargers got there. The right. Raiders ended up on the wrong side of that, and now they're not going to be in Oakland. So five years later, we're finally getting all three of those teams in 2020 in the proper place. So it's taken five years to get there. That's kind of stunning, I thought. Yeah, and all things being equal, this is uh, great for football because as bad as, as bad as it is for the Chargers to leave San Diego, oh. it is a monster to have the Raiders in Vegas to have an NFL team in Las Vegas. Is I know I agree. Never saw coming even. And to have a great ago. stadium in LA. Cause that stadium looks absolutely fantastic. And I think the, it, L- it does. I think I the think NFL it's, it's very much wants to have Super Bowls in LA. 
you know they i mean they've oh yeah you know it, that's it's, it listen it's fine on both accounts but in particular to see the league actually endorsing vegas as a potential location when they were so against this 10 years okay. ago so against gambling so against everything else so against dfs i mean stop it this will is we have a, a baseball team in las vegas in our lifetime my guess is yes mm-hmm. i agree I am, yeah, I you and I, yes. once again, just two days in a row agreeing on things. I don't know how I feel about that. The world must be yeah, coming I, to it. I don't know if it'll be an expansion or a relocation. I don't know that they could really. My money's on a relocation. That's what my money, my money is. One of these cities eventually is going to fall off and maybe a team like the Rays finally does no, pick up. Well, I mean, that's the easy fruit though there. I don't know that there's It's easy team. fruit, but sometimes easy fruit is the right one. I mean. Right, but know? I don't think that there's another team besides Tampa Bay that you can make a Um it's difficult. I have to think about it, but that would that's obviously the number one with a bullet. Let's put it that way. All right, let's talk about some of the leaders, the individual leaders here. In touchdowns, it was Doug Baldwin, who unfortunately is uh, out of the league now. Devontae Freeman, who does not have a team. Brandon mm. Marshall, not in the league. And He's Alan good. Robinson, still going strong. He's All four of these guys had 14 touchdowns. At the time, Alan Robinson was kind of overlooked, but maybe not given nearly the credit he deserves. Last year, Allen Robinson had himself a season with some of the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. I am I am just really impressed by Allen Robinson, not only the longevity here he's had in these last five years, but also he's played with Blake Bortles and Mitchell Trubisky. Could you imagine if you dropped this guy with Drew Brees or, or uh, an Aaron Rodgers type guy, how, how good he could have been? Yeah, no, he would have been. Look, his numbers are already pretty good, and they weren't even bad last year. So, look, I mean, maybe potentially Nick Foles will help him out this year. We'll see. A.B., we'll see about that. I'm not holding my breath on that one. The rushing leader in 2015 was Adrian Peterson with 1,485 yards. He's still in the league. Drew Brees, passing leader with 4870. And, of course, Tom Brady, 36 passing touchdowns on the league. So, Brady, Brees, still in the league. This was also early uh, Russell Wilson. He had led the league in passer rating. And your boy, Antonio Brown. Had 136 catches, and so did Julio Jones. Two different paths, though. Julio Jones still going strong, and Antonio Brown, eh, not so much anymore. Not so much no. the Antonio Brown. And, and, I'm, and I'm I'm hopeful that he signs and he gets with the yeah. team. He'll be suspended for most of the year anyway. But I'm hopeful that in two years we're able to see him. But uh, I hope the best part of his career right. is gone. I, I hope he gets things right, but I, again, not holding my breath. J.J. Watt was a leader in sacks that year with 17 and a half. J.J. Watt, one of the great stars in the NFL. I know him and his brothers have a, a really fun show coming up uh, this week. It just came out on Fox called Tag, which I had seen last summer. There's a European version of this game where it's all these parkour guys who are basically hopping over things and obstacles in order to uh, basically play a game of tag. And you know these parkour guys, how crazy they are in the flips and the way they can run and you know jump over things. It was the most insane, dangerous thing I've ever seen. It was so entertaining, though. I remember DVRing it and because I saw it at like one o'clock in the morning. I'm flipping around the channel. I was like, this is nuts. And I DVRed it and I showed it to my kids. I said, check this out. And they said, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And here we are a year later. Boom. Tag is in America. So I will be watching it. I'll check are that you out. Are you going to watch the Watts Brothers? Yeah. I mean, we got to yeah, watch I'm a big, I'm a big fan of J.J. Watt. I think that he does a lot for charity oh, more than guy. just about any team in the NFL. I believe he's NFL player, uh, man of the year as well. So I got well, nothing I, negative I to say about that. I just want him to stay healthy on the damn field. He was also defensive player of the year that year. Yeah. And uh, AP coach of the year of the 15-1 and one, uh, Carolina Panthers is Ron Rivera, who is now the coach of the Washington Redskins five years later. Who else so, was on Carolina that they were 15 uh, and one? That was, that uh, was the Kelvin Benjamin and year. Stewart? And uh, that was Jonathan Stewart still was yeah, there. It was basically... It was uh, basically 
Cam Newton just being incredible and then playing some really good defense, and they just housed a, a good schedule. Uh, comeback player of the year was uh, Eric Berry, and rookie of the year was Todd Gurley, your favorite. Rookie of the year was Todd Gurley and Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, no longer on the Chiefs. Todd Gurley, no longer on the Rams. Just five years later, uh, those guys are... Gurley had a great career. It's over, but he had a great career. (laughs) All right, let's let's talk about the draft real quick, too. This was also the year where Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota went one and two overall. Five years later, here we go. Now they are both on different teams with new starts. So is either of these two careers salvageable in your mind? And if so, which one? Maybe Winston's in the right spot, salvageable in fantasy. I don't know about in reality, though. I, I don't I don't think that Winston's going to change who he is. And uh, the only thing you can't do in the NFL anymore, uh, one of the big changes in the NFL is you can't turn it over. They used to allow that. There used to be quarterbacks who threw 20 picks, 25 picks, 30 picks. Uh, Favre was always doing that. Manning threw picks, too. You can't do that anymore in the NFL. And so no, I know there's a league for him. You also had a big trade, and trades don't always go down in the NFL at least not back in the day, now more so, but this was also the year that the Eagles traded all-pro running back, two-time all-pro running back, LaShawn McCoy, to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for Kiko Alonso, who is unfortunately hurt with the New Orleans Saints, but LaShawn McCoy looked like he kind of had his last song as well. This is also the year where Nick Foles. Yeah, and uh, the Eagles also traded Pro Bowl quarterback Nick Foles along with their uh, selection in the second round for... St. Louis quarterback Sam Bradford. Do you remember that? It was right before the season started. Oh, poor Sam Bradford. Things did not go well for him. But He's fine. He's not poor. <laughs> well, he got just maybe. He got paid. How like, much money? What did he got paid? $5 million a win or something crazy like that? Uh, he got something paid insane. He did. He did. But uh, I'm hoping in, you know, I know here we are five years later. Again, a lot of these names are either on their way out on different teams on their last legs um, it's crazy to think about how different five years of the NFL, you said it very well. I think it could be a lifetime in the NFL five years, especially most, for running backs. Well, especially, you know, most careers last what three years or two and a half, right? That's yeah. the average NFL career, but it's just incredible to look at some of these names and how they were at the absolute peak here in 2015. And some of them are hanging on by a thread, even, even the great ones that we're talking about the MVPs and we're talking about the defensive player of the year, hanging on by a thread it's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, I'm hopeful that some of these guys get a second life here at the end. Yeah, they won't. New guys come in, they take over, eh, and, we, nah, and, so we just, and we just forget about the other guys. It was very Larry David of you. Yeah, yeah, I don't really yeah, care. No, not so it's much. true. Yeah. It's true. We'll look at. We'll look at. Uh, in two years, we'll never even say Marlon Mack's name ever again. We'll never even remember he played in the NFL. I mean, this is a crazy league. It's such a brutal league with injuries. It's so sad. All right, coming up next, uh, one Hall of Famer in Major League Baseball is essentially saying that baseball needs to come back and play almost under any circumstance, or at least close to it. It's interesting that it would be coming from a player like this who had his own twist of fate when it came to free agency years ago. So we'll, we'll dive into that next year on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
And welcome back, Fantasy Sports. Today is on the air. Craig, Mish, Joe, Pizapia. We got you here till 1 o'clock on the East. Make sure a little bit later today you stay on the grid. Scott Farrell's coming up a little bit later, coast-to-coast live. Make sure you check him out and also some in-game live as well. As we wait for the Major League Baseball season to come back, seems like a lot of people have their opinions on whether it should or not. And certainly the current players and post players and previous players are all having their say in this. Tom Glavin, Hall of Famer, one of my favorite people, had some really interesting comments. A guy who was very well in tune with the union and being, I believe, the uh, union representative years ago as well. He was. Had these had these uh, comments to say. And we'll start off here with uh, with the direct quote as he uh, told a radio sta- or he told the Atlanta Journal Constitution, excuse me. If I were if it were to come down to an economic issue, and that's the reason baseball didn't come back, you're looking at a situation similar to the strike of 94 and 95 as far as fans are concerned. And then he went on to say, even if players were 100% justified in what they were complaining about, they're still going to look bad. Now, um, the reason why it it struck me as bizarre is because uh, Tom Glavin is essentially known as one of the all-time union guys. If If you remember... When Tom Glavin came up, he came up with the Atlanta Braves. He was with the Atlanta Braves for, I believe it was at least a decade, maybe even longer. And then the Atlanta Braves offered him a contract extension to stay in Atlanta. And the money was really good. But the Mets offered a little bit more. And Tom Glavin wanted to stay in Atlanta. But he couldn't. And the reason why he couldn't is because the Mets offered more. And as the union representative, Joe, if you're going to take a contract that is less money, you're pretty much setting the worst example possible for the entire union by, and it happens with players. Players sometimes take less money to stay with different teams in sports. But as the union rep, I mean, look, none of this is really public. This is all like Mm -hmm. what has been intimated. So take it for what it's worth. But uh, this is coming from a guy that essentially uh, stood up and said, you know what, I have to do this for the union. And in this case, he's not really backing the union. So I found it a little bit bizarre, to be honest with you. Uh, You know what? I don't. I think this is actually he's very pragmatic here about that. And yes, I understand the pressure, you know, first off of, you know, if you're the free agent and you're working as a player rep and he worked very closely there in 94, 95, he's one of those guys at the table. And uh, I actually got in my life to talk to Donald Fear quite a bit because his son and I actually were in acting school together in Philadelphia. His son is an actor. He's actually, I think he's in the Chicago area now. And uh, he would always come down and see the shows and things like that. So every now and then, you know, he'd get to like meet up and, you know, chat and things like that. And, um, you know, told some Glavin stories and some of those guys. And I would say that, you know, this is a very pragmatic approach to it. And I don't know at a certain point, like, when is it not okay for a player to, you know, say, hey, I I spent my whole life with this organization. My family's here. My kids are here. Taking less money is not always about money. It's about quality of life. And I understand the pressure to leave. And I don't know if he regrets that decision. I know as a Met fan, I regret that decision because I could not stand Tom Glavin as a Met. Uh, But that's a whole other segment for another time. But he clearly could have stayed in Atlanta. He could have, and I think he should have. I think he wanted to. I don't think he but, wanted to. But be it was for the union. It was. It not was for the union. But you know what? I mean, isn't part of working for a union 
getting to the point of letting players have control over their destiny. And Tom Glavin was a guy who was in control over their own destiny. I understand it's always trying to raise the bar, raise the bar, raise the bar. But I don't think the union or any of the players would have looked at Tom Glavin differently if he had stayed put because he was having a Hall of Fame career with one organization for a decade and won so much. He is an iconic player for the Braves. But going back to these comments here, this is basically what I've been saying the whole time, which is whether people like it or not, if this does at the end of the day come down to a money issue and not an issue of how pragmatic it is to get out there and play, this is going to come down on the players. The players are going to be negatively impacted. The If and when there are fans allowed back, there will be less fans, not just because of pandemics, but just because. And I got to tell you, even as a lifelong fan of baseball myself, I would have a sour taste in my mouth if there was a plan in place that they say they could move forward with and then they didn't, if it ended up being about money at the end of the day, the players are going to look bad. The owners, nobody cares. Everyone hates the owners everywhere. But the players, you know, the players are the pieces that the fans connect with. They're the faces of the organization, except for the Steinbrenners. <laughs> you know, it's the players. So he also goes on to say, understand that a big part for all of us is getting back to our normal and that's to have sports back. But you can't dismiss a player's concern for his own health or family, and that's obviously true. If I was playing today, he says, I wouldn't say, hell no, I'm not playing. But of course, I'd have concern that once you step out that door and you go back into that world, that there's a chance that you're bringing something to your home, to your family. It's 100% fair for players, coaches, and everybody to be concerned about that. And then finally, he says, I probably miss the NHL playoffs more than baseball, at least this time of year, says Tom Glavin. So there you go. There's a baseball player already kind of telling well, you, well, I kind of miss something. He's a huge hockey fan. His he's son a huge hockey, hockey guy. Uh, it's part of the routine he goes through, but not having games has been hard. It's basically what he gets down to is not having the games has been hard. So at the end of the day, I think his sentiments for a guy that I'm not the biggest personal fan of, I think his sentiments are 100% accurate. And maybe it's not fair but it's true. And sometimes life isn't fair, but I think that's a truth of it. Don't you think that if it does come down to a money issue and maybe the owners are being unreasonable that the fans will take it out on the players, not the owners? No. Mm. Why? I don't think any of that's going to happen. The other thing that I would predict. So if the NBA plays and the playoffs and the NFL plays, but baseball does nothing, you don't think that skews this at all? I don't, I don't think it's going to change the popularity of the sport. I think they're stuck where they are. And it's not going to change. I don't. Mm. I, I just. Don't I, think so. I definitely think the there other will part be the of this too hard. is that I would predict that if they don't play, you will have someone elegant, unlike Blake Snell, a la Mike Trout, or someone of maximum prestige in the league, put together an interview, video statements that you will watch and you will go, "Oh, okay. Like I feel a little bit better about this now that I've heard from this person." We have no one on the player side that has yet to convey a message that people are satisfied with. It is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. It is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world. And Blake Snell is the spokesman right now, as poor as that is. And believe me, nobody likes the fact that that is the case. But the dude is on Twitch. He's talking. People record it. I am telling you now, whether it is two weeks, whether it is a month, whether it's whatever it is, someone will speak. You will watch. You will say, oh, you know, I feel better about the situation now that I've heard this person speak. I don't know who that person will be, um, but that that's what I think will will happen. And and no, and no, I do not think uh, baseball's popularity is going to, to change. It, it, will it get 10 percent worse? OK, fine. Great. So it gets 10 percent worse. What does that really mean? It means nothing. 
baseball is always going to be played. It's always going to be on TV. Kids are always going to play it. The TV contracts, the the the, uh, the Dodgers are worth billions of dollars. The Marlins sold for a billion dollars. This was like two years ago. The Marlins, the Royals sold for a billion dollars last year. So, I'm sorry if that is the case. Then I don't understand the panic. <laughs> What's going on? Why why are teams still being sold for a billion? Well, I, I guess I guess right now it's not the issue. Uh, maybe not the issue. I think that it's more of a long term effect because I. Okay, let me let me rephrase the question to you, and you know, I'm I'm sure I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think in 19 since 1995 that baseball has ever been in the consciousness as much uh, in America and sports as it was in 1994? I uh, re-asked that question. I'm a little, I'm, Do you think I'm, that rephrase in 1995 and on that baseball has been in the same consciousness of yes. American sports? 1998, yes. So 1998, you think it was? That's Absolutely. when you th- they're doing okay. a documentary on it. It's out next week, right? And then it took another black eye because of the steroid era, and a lot of people got uppity because of that. Sure, but you know what? There was a lot of attention on that too. There was. And more people were interested. People did come back, but then people more left people, and got even more. The, the the year after they had the uh, remember those congressional meetings? Oh sure. Right. The year the spring training after that was the highest attended spring training in baseball history. Yeah, I, I feel like baseball, post-steroid era, post-strike, I feel like every 10 years they have some kind of black guy they have to kind of come back from in some way. They just something had the biggest cheating up. scandal in the history of sports. Uh, like, that doesn't help either. I mean, it's... But, it's, enough, but nothing's going to... Ch- I'm telling you. I'm not you. saying it's going to die. I guess, I guess here's the thing. I, I'm not I, saying... I, I, look, yeah. I understand your opinions on it, but there's just there's there's a difference between opinion, with all due respect, and fact. Sure. And, and if teams are being sold, Joe, for if you said to me, my gosh, look what happened to the Royals. They got sold last year for $400,000 less than the average MLB team, I'd be like, whoa, man, there's a big problem with baseball. But if somebody still wants to buy that team, Joe, it's still a business. And, if, they, and if the owners are making the money off of this, I, what is the problem? I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't I guess, see the panic. I, I guess I keep looking at it and I see a lot of people that I used to play fantasy baseball with dropping out of leagues and a lot of people who loved baseball not going to games as much and then me who has been the baseball fanatic his entire life i remember last year sitting there and going wow i actually enjoy nfl more than major league baseball and partially it's because of the well, style but that's of play. You, but that's your it opinion. is me but it's it's me and a lot of other people in my in my scope in my sphere it's not just me and it's also something that i've seen you know in terms of popularity in say black book products popularity in podcasts the listening numbers that we get during nfl season as opposed to baseball season I yes know, there's always so, a hardcore listen, baseball a very, audience a, but let's very, also not forget that no, the hardcore baseball audience too. no no i think the baseball audience is also a narrow group i think the baseball audience is also I, I a very know, but, but audience. But and as they get older do you really view. think that your your son's generation is really going to take up the mantle and be as passionate as baseball as you are? Because no, I think but 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 again, it's it's your view in in your world, it's not, and it's, it's not, not the my view. view. It's the my whole, view that I see. It's the people in my that are around you, the people that are around you, wouldn't sit and watch Mississippi Mississippi State on a Saturday play college football. Yeah, they would. And it could get better ratings for the NFL on a Sunday. It's possible, man. Like I, those I, those games on Saturday are are mecca massive games. The SEC contract it comes close to what the NFL is, man. Like it's, I'm, I'm, and, and that's not an indictment on you. It's just your view. It's not the view of the world, man. It's your view and the people that are around you. And I would not try to speak for the entire country just by saying, well, me and the people that I play fantasy no. with, 
since no, they don't play fantasy right baseball either. anymore I'm giving and my black book sales aren't, ba- aren't high in baseball like they are in football, you can't compare. There's no comparison from football to baseball. It's a 10 and a 1. There's no middle. It will never be close ever again if football will destroy it for the rest of the world. But baseball's never going away either. It no, will I always be here. It will always be the same. I don't think it's being passed on, and I think that's the danger of the game. It's not in our generation. It's not right now. It's that next grouping that comes through that I think maybe it does go from 1 to 0.5. And I don't think that's that's a good thing. I think it's a sad thing. So maybe I'm just sad about it. I don't, I don't see it that way. But, again, we agree to disagree. Yeah. We will take a quick timeout on Fantasy Sports today, but we got plenty more to come right here on the show. So stay on the grid. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.